I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Coming up on today's show, all things NFL with Evan Swords and J.P. Acosta, 49ers, Jaguars, Falcons, Jalen Hurts contract, uh, NFL schedule release, AFC East hierarchy, Aaron Rodgers in the fold, believing the Dolphins bounce back, candidates to the Darius Smith, to the Browns, all that and more coming up right after this. Plus, Brett's Power Hour. Yeah, Brett's Power Hour on a different day. Uh, back to Saturday this week, but on today's show, we get Preds Power Hour as well with Brian Bassett and Jeff Middleton. You see Soros getting snubbed, NHL draft lottery, uh, Preds picks where they landed, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs and finals predictions and then how Milwaukee is doing in the playoffs as well, the Milwaukee Admirals. So all that and more coming up on today's special edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. All of that coming up next. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live. From Knoxville, Tennessee, everything school HQ, whether it be rowing, uh, ladies softball, men's baseball, top 25, wherever you look, SEC champions with softball, rowing, postseason play right away. Send it to both JP and Evan just in case they had missed uh, the latest and greatest in everything school HQ updates. You know, we got Georgia scared trying to get five-star quarterbacks to try and keep up with Nico Iamaliava, Jake Merklinger coming in next year, uh, McIntyre coming in the year after that. Like, it's just the pressure is on uh, the rest of the Southeast and the rest of college sports with uh, the orange wave that is happening each and every day. Also here, my good friend out there in Los Angeles, California, Mr. Evan Swords. Evan, good evening, sir. How are you? I almost passed out listening to you talk about Tennessee sports there. Uh, I am doing well. I am doing well. I have some exciting news. Uh-huh. Uh, my girlfriend, Sarah, who is Vietnamese and English is technically her second language, but she is she's very English. Mm. Uh, I don't she doesn't have an accent or anything like that. 
pronounced, well, spelled the word reggae, like reggae music. Uh-huh. Reggae. R A Y G A Y. Phonetically. I mean, I was like, are you trying to say reggae? And she's like, yeah, that's not how it's spelled. Reggae. I mean, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, if I were to write those letters out, I'd be like, hmm, I should double check. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually said it out loud. I think that's one of those words where I've never actually. You don't say the, you've never said the word reggae. Yeah, I've never had a reason to. You, I mean, you do live <laughs> in the land of the whites. <laughs> Not true. Uh, I lived downtown Atlanta for ten. Year, I mean, a long time, seven years. Yeah, seven years. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's not a. Big I grew up reg- in Stone Mountain. I don't yeah. know. But you don't. You don't even say the word. No, it just listen. doesn't come up. It's just not my music. I don't know. It's just never. Oh, you're not listen to been... Screamo. You're not exactly talking to like a professional yeah. reggae, reggaeton. You got a chance now. I do no. have a chance now. Also here, down there in Orlando, Florida, Mr. JP Acosta of SBNation.com. JP, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening to you guys. We do say reggae here a lot. Okay. Reggae music. Mm. So you, have the op- you have the opportunity now. If you choose to say reggae... Now, now's your chance. You know, you guys aren't even that far away from each other, really. In the grand I mean, it's scheme, pretty far compared to like compared to me. You're only like it's like seven and a half hours. You only have one state in between you guys. Mm, no, two. There's well, a you can't get from Tennessee to Florida without yeah, passing into either Georgia or South depends Carolina. On, depends on the road you take. Yeah, I mean, if if you go like a straight shot, sure, but like you can go south and east. What? I don't know, man. Listen, are you just making off. up roads? What are you talking get about? How am I doing that? Across the Gulf of Mexico. You know, yeah. you could like go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not ideal. Evan's looking at the map and realizing <laughs> there's no way to get from Tennessee to Florida without crossing into one of Georgia and South Carolina. Well, no, I know. I'm just saying you would only need to go through like, you know, you could go through Georgia. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. take what what is it? Uh, this is, by the way, riveting podcast. Uh, the 24. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, JP? How's Florida? <laughs> Florida is great. I don't know if you can take the 24 from Orlando to Tennessee. We will We will see. <laughs> it's a start. Well, JP, have you ever taken somewhere. Highway 1 in South Georgia to Tallahassee? Like that. Have you ever been on Highway 1 where it like goes through Statesboro and then like leads into North Florida and like right yeah. before you get to, to Tallahassee? Yeah, I lived in uh, I lived in Alabama for four okay. years. We we normally take like we go through Atlanta, uh-huh. Florida visit family, but sometimes we take the uh, Florida Bama way. Yeah, we did it like once when I was like seventeen, and then we never did it again. Yeah. Well, for Evan, who doesn't know, I, I don't know if you, how well you remember it, but it's there's not a lot going on there, and there's not a lot of stops, Evan. Not a lot of lights, but I will never forget how scared my best friend and I were where we took because this is our first like big college trip we went down to visit my cousin at FSU and like I'm over here in this little beater Honda Accord driving (laughs) and I kid you not we were like this is like 40 straight miles of just nothing and I didn't know the gas situation and then you pass this like there's this place called like Quincy Florida was like a ghost town and we were just driving through and I was like 
Corey, if we actually like break down, break down, because we're using garments. This is before Waze and iPhones and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. that I was like, we're in trouble because I don't even know how to explain where we are. I don't know how to explain what to do, where to go. Like we're in trouble, trouble because there's no houses. There's no anything. It that's, was it was terrifying just, for that last just, hour before we get Tallahassee. That's literally just what I imagine the entire South is like. No, yeah. it's not the whole set. No, no. Not, not all of it, but no. I'm, jo- I'm joking. Part, I'm joking. But, uh, the area between Florida and Alabama, like mm-hmm. the cursed region, um, it. I went through it, like I said, and the time we went through, it was extremely foggy. Yeah, so it felt like you're in a scary movie. It and feels like you're in a scary movie in that area. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel real, but not yes. in like a good way. I agree. Like people don't understand, like North Florida. It's the exact same as South Georgia. Those two are one and the same. You just group them to that area. They're all the same. Like Jacksonville's Georgia. Like anyone who's throwing out Jacksonville's Florida or like ta- like that whole northern Florida border and then like Colquitt County and Valdosta, Georgia and all like they're all they're all basically the same. Like it's yeah. it's basically the same. And you'll see you'll drive through some crazy parts where you're like, if I break down, I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah, man. Florida is very, very Southern. Yes. Multiple ways. I mean, even as you get further South, there's a point where like, if you get past Orlando Mm -hmm. South, there's just a span of like trees. You don't know where you're going. (laughs) Um, There's a place like in between like where my family lives in Coconut Creek, which is like 15 minutes from Fort Lauderdale and Orlando. There's Mm -hmm. a place that's called Yeehaw Junction. I kid you not. Uh-oh. It is literally called Yeehaw Junction. Love that. Okay. Never gonna stop there in my life. <laughs> person. I'm not going to cool. not going to Yeehaw Junction, huh? <laughs> no, I I refuse. But it's cool to know that it exists. Yeah, it's Florida's interesting because you have Miami, which is like its own thing altogether. Like I love Key West, and like Miami is just so different than the rest of Florida. And Orlando is in Tampa, very different than the rest of Florida. And then you have North Florida, which is very different than the rest of Florida. Like if you say you're from Florida or like anyone who has this idea of what Florida, a Floridian is like, so when they're talking about Florida, man, I'm like, which area are you talking about here? Because that could mean all kinds of different things. Very much segmented. It's the same. It's the same of like California too. Like it's it's so big and you have so many different types of places. It's just like Miami is its entire like state of its own. Um, Orlando is Disney World. That's just, I mean, just, that's really what it, what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Tampa is where everybody goes to fish, um, and then outside of that, it's very it's very much college towns and mm-hmm. country. It's a very country state, despite being close to being underwater. Yeah, people wouldn't. Uh, Florida's country. Uh, Florida has a lot of country parts, um, which naturally leads us uh, to the NFL schedule that got released last week. Um, Evan, when you looked at the 49ers schedule that got released, what did you like about it? What were your immediate thoughts as to what this schedule looks like for you and your uh, general well-being this fall? Well, I love it. So we talked a little bit last week about wanting to have the Eagles later in the season. Mm -hmm. Um, God and Roger Goodell, who might be the same person, uh, agreed. So Mm -hmm. December 3rd, the 49ers will be playing Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Um, and I'm very excited that that's happening. That was the first thing that jumped out. Uh, second thing overall, the 49ers have, and I think you guys will be the right people to talk t- to me about this and maybe bring me a little bit back down to reality. But I was like, seven and one is possible. 
mm. the, the first eight games. I'm looking at this schedule and I'm just like, you know, Steelers to me is a win. The Rams is a win. I think the Giants at home is a win. The Cardinals is a win. I think the Cowboys, that's going to be a coin flip, but I think the 49ers have shown two years in a row that they'll beat the Cowboys, uh, especially now that they have Schottenheimer. Uh, the Browns, I think, is a win, unless we see a huge, huge change in what, what we saw last year from Deshaun, uh, the sexual predator. I think the, the Vikings will be hard to say, but I still think they'd win. The The Bengals is, you know, shout out to your boy. The Bengals is where I look at. That's a 425 like, game. Why is that not a, a, a primetime game? I feel like that should be. Uh, sorry, it's, a, it's a 125 game. This is the West Coast. Oh, apologies. <laughs> uh, no, but like that's it's at it's it, it's at San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if you're the Niners and you're going seven wins in a row, that might be a game that's going to be tough to win. I expect them to play very well this year. So I looked at that schedule and barring some crazy stuff, I'm like, God, that is a great way to start the season. I mean, after that, they play the Jaguars, the Bucks, and then the Seahawks and the Eagles. It, gets, it starts to get a little hard. Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, back to back to back. I also just don't know about the AFC North. Like drawing the AFC North, I don't know if that's a good thing for the Niners this year. Like the AFC North, I think you could make the case they're going to have four competitive to good teams in that division. What do you think, JP? Like, I think that might be a sneaky bad draw division wise for them. the AFC North is going to be very competitive, a very physical conference, uh, not conference division, as they always are. I mean, mm-hmm. you got the Bengals who are pretty much reloading and bringing everybody back. Um, I still do not have a lot of faith in the Steelers, mainly because their offensive coordinator is Matt Canada, mm-hmm. but getting TJ Watt back healthy adding the pieces that they did on defense. That defense is once again going to be very good. The Ravens are going to be good. I think they're going to be a – they're potentially going to be a playoff team. You know, mm-hmm. if, if Todd Munkin is everything that we think he is, everything they showed at Georgia, putting him with Lamar Jackson, that's pretty much – that's a nasty combination. And then mm-hmm. his wild card is the Browns because all of it pretty much relies on – if the quarterback plays a lot better than he did last year, if he plays a lot better than he did, then that team could potentially be a little dangerous. But I did look up the uh, primetime game of the week <laughs> of uh, Bengals Niners. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> Sunday night is uh, Bears Chargers. Oh, uh, and uh, night, you think that might get flexed? That that look. I mean, it depends. Can they do that that early? Is that part of the new deal is you can flex pretty early on now? Like there's no, you have to wait till the last couple of weeks. So here's the change or no. Here's the re, here's the only thing is so the Niners have the Giants and Thursday night football. They have Cowboys prime time, the Vikings a prime time game. And then they have uh, the Seahawks as a prime time game. So I think the, after, after that, they also have the Ravens on Christmas as a primetime game. So I think they were like looking at it. They're like, yeah, Hey, we want them to play the, the Bengals in prime time, but that's already a, a lot. That's a yeah. lot of Niners yeah. for the nation to see. Yeah. You don't want it to like potentially backfire. And we end up with a Broncos situation last year. Mm. Right? Yeah. They're just, we're just suffered through watching. God, they were on no, a lot. No. It'll, it'll be fine. We'll just put all of the quarterbacks together, like Voltron and we'll have one quarterback, but Monday night is a uh, Raiders lions. Oh, yeah, that has potential to be kind of sneaky fun. Does the it? Raiders? It's, I'm Jimmy versus Jared Goff, Garoppolo, Jared Goff. Is that two what we're sneaky? Potential fun? playoff teams. 
let me sell you on Jimmy versus Jared Goff. Don't okay. think about it as Jimmy versus Jared Goff. Think mm-hmm. about it as the Lions' offensive line and run game with a first-round running back in Jameer Gibbs, along with David Montgomery in the backfield. This is week eight, so Jamison Williams is probably going to be back. That offense is going to be really fun. Defense should have a lot of exciting young pieces. They're potentially going to be – they potentially could be a playoff team. And then you look at the Raiders, they still have Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro. That team's going to be very fun to watch offensively as long as, like, Jimmy G just keeps his hands on the wheel. Just does the Jimmy G stuff. Yeah, just play some safe, some missionary position safe football. Look, don't don't try and take it off autopilot. Don't don't try and turn the wheel. Just keep your hands on the wheel. Who's their backup right now? Who's the Raiders backup QB? Is it Aiden O'Connell, the rookie? Is it Tom Brady 2.0, Aiden O'Connell? I think it might be O'Connell. Come on, relax. Relax. It is <laughs> Brian Hoyer. Then no, Aiden. it's not. Is Brian Hoyer really a Raider right now? 49ers legend. Let's see. I, I'm pretty sure. I just checked. Oh he's, a, he's a Raider. Oh, my goodness. He is a Raider. So it's going to be maybe Brian Hoyer by that point, because we know Jimmy's not playing 17 games. So. Dog. Jog, Jimmy's going to play 17 games. Relax. Do you really believe that, Evan? He's playing 17 games for the Raiders next year. He broke his ankle last year. It's not like it was like some serious, like, you know, some like whatever. It was a freak accident. I mean, he's never played 17 games, has he? Or even 16. Well, what I'll say is this. He played, no, he played 16 games in 2019. He didn't miss a game. Okay. Four years ago. And then he was very healthy last year until mm. some until someone snapped his ankle. So yeah, the injuries are very like catastrophic injuries. Like I don't yeah. think you know, he's gonna like break his ankle in half again. It's not like he's like you know pulling a hamstring every other week or something like that. Like they were like he tore his ACL and he snapped his ankle in half. They also have a bunch of running backs: Josh Jacobs, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, Zamir White. Like this, there's a lot of remember this guy in the backfield. They also uh, have one of my favorite players, Jacob Johnson, fullback. Yeah. They are going to run the heck out of that football, and I think it's going to be really cool. I mean, they're going to have to because it's Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. <laughs> and then well, I mean, Devontae they have Adams. Devontae Adams. Yeah. That, that receiver room is not that bad if you just look at only those three guys and Michael Mayer. I mean, look at what look at what Jimmy did with Debo. You know, yeah. like like is Devontae Adams Debo? No, he's a very different type of receiver. But Devontae Adams, you can get the ball in space and let him do his thing. And Jimmy is very good at that. That's fair. Um, the Jaguar schedule, JP, what does it look like? Does it look pretty solid? Are there more landmines? Is there a stretch that you're very nervous about? Are you happy with your division draw? What What did you make of the Jaguars draw? So I'm not one to be too like heavy into the, oh, my God, they scheduled us for this week against this team. But I do think getting three primetime games outside of the London games is really cool. And it's a really – it's a yeah. nice sign of what the NFL thinks of a team like the Jaguars. Bringing in the Bengals into a TIA Bank Stadium on a Monday night football game in December, that's, that's cool. going to be a crazy environment. Right now they're scheduled to have, I think, Sunday night football against the Ravens in Jacksonville. That is a really huge point, and it's a really huge moment for this franchise who, like I said, like like you guys know, doesn't have a lot of a lot of periods of sustained success in the eyes of the NFL. So it's really cool that we got that. 
Um, getting to London games naturally made people say, oh, here come the Jags. They're moving to London, to which I say, just shut up, please. They're not moving to London. They never were moving to London. They're going to revamp the stadium. They're, re- they're renewing their lease. The Will London- they have to move to London temporarily, well, though? I don't think they'll move. If they're, re- if they're re- uh, doing the stadium, if they're renovating the stadium, they're not going to move to London. Right. Where do you think they'll play? I think they'll play in they'll they'll either play in the stadium or they'll like uh, it's difficult to say now. I'm gonna play at Disneyland. The mayor has also said a lot of stuff, but the mayor says a lot of stuff that he doesn't necessarily believe. So my initial thought was it would be in Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Oh but I don't think they're gonna travel that far. So I I think right now the most realistic option is they'll just play in the stadium as it's renovating. So can you tell me this, JP? Can you sell me on why I should go watch the Niners in Jacksonville? Can you tell me about what that two to You get to hang out with JP. Well, I mean, outside of that, I'm just saying, I'm not not him. I'm like, sell me on the city. What does a three-day weekend look like? Big Al's Pizza? Oh, it's it's very fun. You know, you got the Jacksonville River. You got some pretty cool things you can do down there. There's some cool nightlife going on. And then the game, the fans are extremely passionate. Where's the stadium at? Is it close to the nightlife? Is it close to the city? It's close to the nightlife. It's, How it's far away is the stadium from the downtown area? Um, I think it's like maybe 10 minutes max. Okay, so it's not one of those stadiums like the Niners where you're like going to Narnia just to get to the Yeah, stadium. no, it's not like they say they're in Jacksonville, but no, they're back over in like... Yeah, no, they're in Duval. Like they're in they Duval. In the middle of is Duval like a, a county? Yeah. Duval County. Yep. Mm, they're yep. in the middle of downtown Jacksonville. And like I said, Jaguars fans are one of the most passionate fans in the NFL. Like bar none. The their ability to continuously support the team through <laughs> like this is gonna be year 30 of the Jaguars franchise, which right. is wild to think about. But they yeah, that is crazy to think about, by the way. Yeah, they, they've been bad for a large majority of those 30 years, but the Jaguars fan base has grown Oh, remained strong. So It's right there downtown. It's right there. It's yeah, right yeah. in downtown. That's on the water, too. Okay, so what's the weather like in November? This will be pretty warm. We're going to get some sun yeah, early yeah. November? You'll get sun. Uh, the only thing I'd worry about is, like, Florida weather can be very bipolar. Maybe, Maybe a little rain. rainstorm real quick. Yeah, may, yeah it'll, be, it'll rain for like five minutes. Then you'll be fine. But. I think public subs might be the, enough reason for me. A lot come. of publics. I think it was founded in Florida, wasn't it? It is founded in Florida. There's a yeah. distribution factory in Orlando. There but, you go. Uh, but yeah, I would. And on the field, again, you have one of the league's promising young quarterbacks and a team that looks like they're on the rise offensively going up against the Monstars. So yeah, yeah, they are. It'll be fun. It should be a fun game. And I, I like that idea, man. I might have to come down and visit. That It's a it's a great game. I, I've already got a few games where I'm like, okay, I need to go to this one. Starting right. with week two in Kansas City, scheduling that for week two is terrifying. But Yeah, that's, that's mean. But I like. I'm glad that it wasn't week one because sometimes you feel like the Chiefs are going to come out and just destroy the, the team that they play, and then you know maybe you get a little hangover yeah. week. Yeah, but I also feel like the regardless of what happens, the reactions to that game are going to be way too over the top. Right. Like if the Jaguars manage to win, then they're like, "Oh, are the Chiefs done?" 
Uh, we'll do the same thing that we did last year when they lost the Colts on that weird week. Mm-hmm. But if the Chiefs lose or the Chiefs win, they're like, "Oh, the Jaguars aren't, aren't for real." And I'm just like, "Man, it's week two. Like that happens. Like I'm nervous, but I'm also excited for that game." Um, of course, the Niners is going to be really fun. I think I'm going to go to the Monday night game against Cincinnati. And Ooh, that'd be a great Baltimore. game. Yeah, that again, it's just really cool. Not the NFL like actually like acknowledges the Jaguars as being both a thing and a thing that could actually be very fun to watch. Well, I think y'all are set for the you have the thing that the NFL wants more than anything else, which is top tier NFL or quarterback play. And Trevor Lawrence isn't going anywhere for the next 10 years. So it's just I think you're going to be a primetime staple for the foreseeable future with one of the five best quarterbacks in the sport. I hope so. Jacksonville deserves primetime games. They deserve primetime fans. That place was electric for Chargers uh, Jags last year. Oh, it was amazing. And Al Michaels just ruined the entire thing with the wet fart of a call (laughs) at the end of the game. Like, come on, man. It's a game winning field goal. Like, wait, wake up, Al. (laughs) Al was Al was sleepy. All right, Al was doing his best. Um, there you go. Well, if y'all both are there, it's not that far for me. I have family in Jacksonville. My wife and I could stay at. Like I, I we might have to look at that. This could be have... a whole just NFL pod meetup. Whole Chase podcast meetup. This is this could be fun, especially in November. Get away from the cold here. Move down to the beach for the weekend. That could be good. Get some Fisher or uh, what is it? Seafood Kitchen, I think, is really good down there. Um, Big House Pizza was top notch. I don't know if it's still there, but Big House Pizza. Shout out to them. Not a sponsor, but could be. Um, in terms of the Falcons, though, uh, they don't have any primetime games. Uh, that is something that they are not allowed to have. So they're just going to be under the radar, is what I've said with the Falcons. Is like they're just going to be a solid ten and seven hosting first round. Uh, playoff game and people are just going to be like oh we're getting put at one o'clock on saturday come playoff time no one is going to want to watch it because the nfl is going to be like we're not putting desmond ritter in this run 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 so just very very boring physical style to the masses like uh, we're not play- taking this efficient 13 of 17 desmond ritter games uh with no picks in one td to uh to the to the masses so they made a calculated move there betting on uh the way the falcons are going to play but you look at the schedule i mean i this schedule early on it's very nice like i i it's very nice and they end nice which is you get the bucks at home at carolina colts at home at chicago at new orleans like i, I like that but you start with the panthers at home it's probably a win packers at home probably a win at detroit i would venture to say they'll be favored there so go there then your jaguars whoo london that could be a a matchup of two undefeateds or two division favorites early on um a house divided here on the pod you get houston at home washington at home and at tampa and at tennessee who might have the worst offensive line in football this year so i don't know i look at the schedule i this looks like at least 10 wins for the Falcons. I look at this. I, I would be very, very disappointed and very, very upset if this team does not win this division and does not uh, host the finally get over the hump and host their first playoff game in the Benz. You keep trying to sneak by <laughs> us 10 and 7 like we didn't hear it. 10 I, and 7, JP. I would not bank on double-digit wins for the Falcons this year. No, it's not going to happen. It Des- is. Desmond Ritter is going to be serviceable. Look, I think at best they'll probably win like eight games, nine games. Eight? Below 500? That can win you the division. 
That's I mean, true. listen, if if ever you're going to have Desmond Ritter be your starting quarterback, they have a really exciting running back. And Slash also, slot receiver. Because like, it's going to be Algier in the backfield, and Cordero about, and Bijan out wide sometimes. It's just going to be and a think about fun, all that, fun All that mess. blocking from Kyle Pitts. He's going to be good at blocking. He's a good blocker. Like it's going to be a completely new defense. Like that. That yeah. is a very that's an issue. Like uh, it looks cool on paper, but they do have to play. And I'd like to see like how some of these players, like Lorenzo Carter, kind of fit into what this defense will look like. I think it's going to look a lot like the Saints, where a lot of four three hand in the dirt defensive linemen. I don't know. A lot of that, blitzing. A lot of blitzing. I don't know how it's going to look in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, the middle of that season. I mean, of course, it looks like relatively easy now, but I mean. Minnesota is going to be like a toss up at home. They're favorite. They're going to be favorite against Mini. Mini, um, I think, is in for a regression. That's a win. Pencil it in. You got to go to New York to play the I Jets. I think it's bad. We don't know yet. We don't know. Dog, Not we scared, know. JP. Dog, we know. You don't know, but we know. <laughs> I'm the pod. Saying, we know. You don't know. I would, I would not bank on double digit wins. If I'm banking get, on it. If they get double digit wins, congratulations. But I I do not think it's gonna happen. You heard it here first, folks. I'm on an island on this very program. You heard it here I will first not be swayed. And last, folks, on the Chase Thomas podcast. Falcons winning at least 10 games. Um JP, five years from now. Will the Jalen Hurts contract turn out to be a nothing burger for Philly? What do you like? Will they be fine? Will they not be fine? This was something I've been thinking about for the last month um, after the contract came out where certain guys getting paid and you look at it and like, that's just part for the course. But do you think you've seen enough from Jalen and his growth in three years in the league to lend you to the belief that once this really starts kicking in and they have to move on from some important linemen have to move on maybe from AJ Brown or something like he is good enough where there is not a serious dip in what the Eagles can be with him making the money that he is going to make. What, what does your gut tell you how we're going to look at this contract three years from now? I think they're going to be fine. I yeah. think contract wise, the money really doesn't start getting funny for real until 2026 when he's making 25 million or he's got 25 million to option. The cap hit will spike up to 31 million that year. But the way that they've, structured this team especially on the offensive side of the ball is the only guys that really have yet to be paid that they're gonna that they're gonna have to pay is Devonte smith mm. i mean if lane johnson and jason kelsey do decide to retire at some point within those two years the eagles have drafted to the point where they can just replace those guys they drafted cam jurgens last year to be the jason kelsey replacement and we don't even know if jason kelsey's gonna retire yet this mm. year they drafted tyler steen he can be the Isaac Samalo guy at guard and then slide out the tackle potentially if Elaine Johnson decides to retire. Defensively, they're just stacking up through the draft, you know, just draft all the Georgia players and figure it out from there. I don't think it's going to be a major issue, mainly one, because they've structured the way they structured the deal is really smart and it's more backloaded. So you have you have you have the chance to go try and make a Super Bowl again and win a Super Bowl with the core that you have now and with Jalen Hurts still being relatively cheap. Second thing is the quarterback contracts are going to increase exponentially. 
because mm. the salary cap is going to keep getting larger because the income is going to keep getting larger. I think last year was the NFL like NFL teams made like like 20, 30 million more than they ever have. And mm. that was just an increase from last year to this year. The salary cap is going to continue to increase. And with that, quarterback contracts are going to get a lot higher. I think there was a projection by, um, I think it was a few months back, by Arjun Manon, uh, works at PFF, of Justin Herbert's contract. And it was going to be like $455 million. So, like, hey, they it's good that they got their guy locked in now because if you didn't do it before Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert contracts got going, then that price uh, tag was going to get a lot higher. Just real quick, real quick. Um, I for I'm very bad at math. Never passed college. Never uh, graduated from college. Uh, does anyone know what the uh, guaranteed money was in the uh, Patrick Mahomes contract? Not off the top of my head. I can look it up though. It was about $63 million. Do you know what the uh, guaranteed contract money was in the Lamar Jackson contract? This was like 190. I was say, wasn't it 200? $185 million. The Hertz contract for whatever it is, 10 years in it from now, five years from now, will look like nothing. It's just the yeah. nature of the business. Everyone thought Jimmy G's contract when he was the highest paid uh quarterback of all time was crazy and then like a week later it was like eh, it's not even that bad so do you think Jaylen- everyone's an mvp who hurts yeah do you think hurts everyone's one i i i worry that sometimes you see a guy like hurts have such a fantastic season like he did last year and then it just is expected but that's a hard season to have continuously and they're going to be gunning for his ass and do I think he can win an MVP again? Yes, but I also think right now, more than ever, he has Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, there is so much competition. So it's yeah. not going to be easy. I was going to say, like, as long as Patrick Mahomes is still in the league, I can't be a little difficult. Even outside of Patrick Mahomes, you got guys like you said, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and those guys will probably end up winning a MVP. I, do, I will say uh, spot track has a market value for Justin Herbert for his potential contract. His market value is six years, $304 million. <laughs> so the Eagles did good. They, they mm. got the guy right before Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow got paid in theirs. So Trevor Lawrence is probably going to get paid in like Disney stock. <laughs> Um, he seems like a chill dude. He just got back from Europe. I watched an interview with him on uh, YouTube. Show. He's a very, very laid back. Like just, I I'm Trevor, good. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is exact. Like did the the hair see, matches his personality. Did you see the? Uh, so can we talk? Are we going to talk about the uh, the schedule release videos? Ooh, because I I saw the Jaguars had a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my was my favorite overall, but I do love acting. Uh, mm. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, you know, they they joked about the NFL being scripted the last couple of years. They did a full-on video about how the 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 entire season is scripted. Mm. They, like, they had the head writer of the show, all this thing. And when they, when they had Trevor Lawrence's parts in that, it is the classic NFL quarterback. Just mm. no charisma, 
at all whatsoever like has no business being in front of a camera that's also him that man is not charismatic at all but that's my point he is he is like andrew luck like like he was born to play football he football he was huge young like he played in i don't know if you knew this evan but he went to high school in cartersville georgia like he's from he's also extremely southern yes cartersville georgia that's why Jacksonville loves him because he's also very subtle. Yes. Like he, he goes to Waffle House after games. Yes. Right. You know, but I mean, I'm just saying like in general, like he is, he is not an Eli Manning. I will just say. No. That. Yeah. I will say about the schedule release video, then an interview with Asher Grodman, who was the mm. writer, director, played the, uh, the head writer for the script. Um, one of the cool things they told me was um, the entire part with Zay Jones. Mm-hmm. Where they're sitting on the little patch of, of grass on the field, mm-hmm. that was all improvised. Love that. Huh. Zay Jones just on the hoof, just doing that. Love that. I love a good improvisation. <laughs> there you go. Um, Evan, now that Aaron Rodgers is officially moved, what do you think the AFC East hierarchy looks like now? Do you think the Jets? are the favorites uh, potentially if Aaron Rodgers is an MVP level player still with what they have could you talk yourself into the Bills brain drain and just kind of what you saw from them last year and just kind of expecting them to be this good year over year can they just keep winning this division is it the Dolphins potentially with the healthy Tua and with what they have brought in and the firepower there like what do you think it actually looks like hierarchy now I really I think it's the Bills division to win, but I love, love, love what the Miami Dolphins are doing. Uh, I think the Patriots are done. I don't think they're worth talking about. Though I'm sure they'll be excited to be in the race. Uh, for I don't the think they are going to win the division. I don't think they're in the conversation. I think they're in their own tier below the top three. I think they were there looking at the top pick in the draft. Oof. They're not going it's not the and let me just say this. I don't think they're one of those teams where they have just this god awful roster. I just think they're just going to lose the game. They're going to lose football games. Every time they go into a game, I don't think there's going to be many games that they're going to be favored. And unless they are playing a team that really is like, you know, like the the Cardinals or, you know, one of that, like it's going to be the hard, hard, hard for the Patriots to win football games. So what I will say though, and I think is the biggest thing for me is, is Aaron Rodgers going to be the MVP quarterback that we know, or are we about to see Denver 2.0? Also in green Bay, when Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers were there together, Nathaniel Hackett did not call plays. Matt LaFleur was the one calling plays. And they fired the other LaFleur who could have been calling plays. Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has never played outside of Green Bay. He's had many different offensive schemes, you know, many different situations, but he has always known the comfort of being Green Bay's savior. It's always been very easy for Aaron Rodgers. And now he's going to go from Wisconsin to New York City, technically New Jersey, but New York City media and a guy that loves going on the Pat McAfee podcast because everyone is such a buddy, buddy, buddy. Pat's going to just be his best friend. Hey, come on, say whatever you want. Is going to have to answer to the New York media game after game. And I just, 
I don't think he'll play as bad as Russell Wilson. It's like that's impossible. But I do think that the the Jets might they could they could they could have a little bit of a struggle. It, I also think the Jets are going to struggle at least early on because even outside of like is Aaron Rodgers going to be the MVP quarterback or is he going to look like a lot like what he did last year? I have a lot of questions about the Jets offensively. Again, Nathaniel Hackett has not called plays very often. And when he does, it doesn't go well. Like we saw in Denver, it did not go well. I think his highest rated offensive seasons were in Jacksonville, and they didn't finish anything higher than 17th. So there's a lot of questions around what the – what the Jets are bringing in around Aaron Rodgers in terms of play calling. The offensive line still, like, we don't know who's going to be playing left tackle. Mekhi Becton seems like they're going to roll with him. I, th- I hope Mekhi Becton's going to be healthy. But he hasn't played football since, what, 2020? It's It's been a minute. Yeah. And like I said, I, th- I think Miami is the clear second-best team. In that division, I think the Bills are going to end up winning the regular season. That's what the Bills do. The Bills, yeah. the Bills are very much built for a regu- for winning the regular season. Dolphins are probably going to finish second. Probably gonna be close, but I mean, I, it all just it all hinges on the quarterback for Miami. Yeah, it all hinges on that quarterback. Yeah, I and love so- their draft too. Like Devin Ashen, I could see being really good for Miami. I could see that being a dude, and obviously with uh, Waddle and Hill, like they're just always going to be there. But like. I mean, this speaks to you, Evan. Like, Vic Fangio quietly is the D.C. now in Miami. Like, it was just really he was a package deal for Sean Payton, and that doesn't happen. And then you're looking at, like, an offensive whiz in Mike McDaniel and the defensive whiz in Vic Fangio. And I'm like, I think there's a there's a path to the, the Dolphins' work. Listen, listen. Yeah. People do not understand how good of a defensive coordinator Vic Fangio is. And – Someone tell me real quick, who are the starting defensive ends for the Miami Dolphins? Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. Hmm. Wow. Pretty decent. The last time Vic Fangio was a defensive coordinator and had two good uh, defensive ends, how'd he do? Did pretty good. So, I like I said, it all hinges on the quarterback. But, like, the that is going to be so fun to watch. And they have they Xavier Howard. They also traded for Jalen Ramsey. This yes, I forgot about Jalen oh. Ramsey. Like we forgot, like they also have Jalen Ramsey. Right. The and the Niners never had a corner like Jalen Ramsey when, when Vic was out there. Vic Fangio was out there making Carlos Rogers a pro bowler. And now he's got Jalen Ramsey. Like dog. I think I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win the division. <sighs> It's, it's like I said, I wouldn't be mad at that. I'll always understand you going for the, you know, the team that has Josh Allen. I'll, I'll never be confused by that, but like Miami dolphins, if they have good quarterback play, they're like one of the most sneaky, sneaky, sneaky Super Bowl picks. Yeah. Sneaky. JB, could you see them trying because they signed Isaiah Wynn to like see if they could sneak Wynn and Jackson on the field together and maybe the two of them combined at right tackle could be good enough to be an average right tackle in today's NFL? Oh, I think Wynn's going to play tackle and he'll probably make that line an average unit. Okay. So you think he'll start over Austin Jackson? I think he'll start over Austin Jackson. I don't think Austin Jackson is very good. 
yeah. right now. So I think bringing in Isaiah Wynn, low risk, high reward. If he's healthy, he'll solidify the right side of that offensive line. Again, the big question is how long is Tua going to stay upright? If he can stay healthy, then, I mean, you're looking at a, a loaded team. Loaded yeah. team. But how long is he going to be healthy? Is he going to stay healthy? I w- would you have hated it if they had taken a quarterback in the draft? Yeah, because I don't think outside of the top four guys mm-hmm. was anybody who like really stood out to me as who was like, ready for it to fill in for Tua if need yeah. be. Yeah, I don't think any of those guys were like ready. So I think they went and got a guy in the off season. Oh, uh, they got Mike White. Yeah, White's now the backup. So mm-hmm. if things happen like if Tua happens to get hurt, Mike White can fill in. That you know that you have a viable backup option there. Miami looks really good. I like in the on paper, Miami looks like a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, five make it or break it guys next year, Evan. Uh, PFF did this, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, the five here, and I want to get your take. Uh, which of the five you think is most likely to make it, and who is not? Baker Mayfield in Tampa, Gabriel Davis in Buffalo. DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona, Patrick Queen in Baltimore, and JC Jackson in Los Angeles. Who are who would you bet on most to have the the big necessary season to keep their their just status alive in the NFL? Yeah, who yeah. would you bet against the most? I feel like DeAndre Hopkins has got so much juice baked in that like I would never give him the title of make it or break it ever. Mm. I like he's he has earned he can, you can go off into the sunset. You can do whatever he wants. Uh, I don't give a shit about Baker Mayfield, and I don't even want to acknowledge his career in Tampa Bay. It is wor- it is a waste of my time. My pick will be wow. J.C. Jackson. Mm. I think I, I could not believe he struggled as much as he did last year. Um, maybe it's not the right scheme. You remember Namdi Asamoah going to the 49ers, going to the Eagles when he was playing press, and man – you know, I, I I don't know if that's what it is, but I I I enjoyed watching him play in, in New England so much, and I was so excited for him to come and and you know be on this this Chargers defense that was going to have Khalil Mack. So I'm I'm going for him. I want mm. him to have the season we wanted him to have last year. I'm hoping uh, that he he may he he makes that comeback. I want D hop on Baltimore. Like I want that to just happen. Like you just go all out D hop, Odell, Bateman, Andrews, and you just see like what Lamar could do with that much offensive firepower and Todd Monken with that much offensive firepower. That'd be fun. I feel like DeAndre Hopkins on here is kind of weird, mainly because like, we don't know who's going to play quarterback for Arizona for like the first six weeks of the season. Probably someone not good. Yeah. So I don't know what you. He might as well take the first six weeks off. Don't don't know well, he did expect. that last year. DeAndre yeah. might as well do it again. Like, I mean, literally, just like, oh, I hurt my, I've got some mental health issues, right? Just pull out. And what I will say about JC Jackson is, I think there was a little bit of a scheme issue. Also, he got hurt, which really sucked. But coming from a very much man cover three heavy scheme in New England to go into a Brandon Staley defense where you're playing a lot of quarters, a lot of quarter, quarter, half, a lot more route recognition other rather than 
oh, I'm this is my man. I'm going to stick to him regardless. He struggled a lot. Like, right. it was a lot. It looked really bad. So I'm hoping he bounces back, too. Um, Patrick Queen, I feel like he's on his way out of Baltimore. I feel mm. like they drafted his replacement in Trenton Simpson, and they do the exact same thing mm. right now. And I don't think they're going to be able to afford to pay Queen while also paying Roquan Smith $100 million. And then, I mean, if Evan's not going to talk about Baker Mayfield, I guess I will I will say a sentence about Baker Mayfield, which is, good luck, man. Good luck. Let's see, let's see what happens. You, there's well, no pressure. There's no pressure yeah. at all. This, they don't, people don't expect the Bucs to be good. Just go out there and wing it, man. I think that – Seahawks offense, which was an offshoot of the McVay offense, might help Baker Mayfield out. He's going to be throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Go see what happens, man. I don't think he's ever going to be like a top tier starter or even a mid tier starter, but go go see what happens. Let's- I just it reminds me of like the Saints post Breeze. It's like I don't think anyone played bad, you know, like bad, bad in New New Orleans post breeze. It just not, wasn't like fantastic. I just feel like Baker's gonna just it's gonna be the most forgettable football. I mean, this is it for Tampa him. Like, if he's not good this year, his time as a starter in this league or getting the benefit of the doubt is over. He's yeah. he's not going to be successful there. Yeah, and but, you know, maybe we'll be having this conversation again because he'll get another shot. But like, he had a shot last year. He went to the uh, the Rams. He well, got he was this... in Carolina, and that got ugly. Yes, yeah, start uh, there. I'm saying he got too like he I don't know, was it like got bad quickly for him because it wasn't like he was awful in Cleveland. It wasn't yeah. like he was a dumpster fire with Kevin Stefanski. It wasn't like things were going crazy. It was just that they were like, we can get Deshaun Watson, and we're going to offer him a full guaranteed contract. Because if like they don't do that, Baker's still a Cleveland Brown and probably starting, and we're not having any of these conversations. I don't think. I don't right. think he's a Cleveland Brown, even if they really. Don't. You think that's probably it, Sean? Because mm. I, I just don't think he was good enough. Yeah, like, he was. He's at his best. He was okay, and like, if you just be okay, like with the Bucks now, that's fine. You can keep your job for another year. But mm. like I said, there's no pressure. Just go play ball. And if you, I'm just if, worried people are going to compare the Gino stuff because of what the OC did with Gino last year. It's like Gino was Baker's not capable of doing uh, some of the stuff that Gino is able to do downfield and just his accuracy and what he's where he's his ball placement and just it's not going to happen. Like, by that's the way, not can, how we, Baker's can we really succeed. quick? Can we think about just the idea of that sentence <laughs> four years ago? Yeah, Baker's well, ba- not going to be a Gino. Listen, man, Baker's no Gino Smith, guys. <laughs> <laughs> The NFL would change real quick. Life I mean, comes at you fast, dog. It really does. Like the Jets are like, I would kill for Geno Smith at center, at, at under center right now. That was a thought that Jets fans had all last year. It's like, wow, if, if this team only had Geno Smith with all of our weapons, what could we be instead of Zach Wilson? That is something that uh, you thought. Last thing here, and we'll wrap up. Um, Zadarius Smith, JP, how will he fit with the Bucs? That kind of went under the radar uh, this week, um, him moving to the Browns from the Vikings. How does he fit with this group? And is it, a, is it a clean scheme fit? Is it something the Vikings will regret moving on from? Where Where is Zadarius at this point in his career? He is a warm body. You can put opposite Miles Garrett. Not, not <laughs> I'm playing. Uh, 
what Darius Smith does really well now is you can have him on the outside early downs. You can put him on the inside as kind of a stunter looper on passing situations. He'll work really well in a Jim Schwartz style, like 4-3, got a wide nine defense. He'll be a nice compliment. I completely forgot Jim Schwartz is their DC now. He completely <laughs> forgot about Jim Schwartz is back in the NFL as a DC. Okay, I completely what forgot about old that. Old is new again, baby. I am yeah. we, really happy to see Jim Schwartz back in back in here. We're at the point where like all of these these coaches that went from good DCs to head coaches are now back to being a DC. Yeah. We're so back. We we're getting <laughs> back, back to real football. But um he'll be a, he'll be a nice fit. I don't think he'll be something that the Vikings ultimately regret because they did go out and sign Marcus Davenport. Mm. Darius Smith also wanted to be to leave Minnesota. He asked for his release or to be traded. Mm. The Vikings said, "Okay, man, sure." So I, I don't think it's going to be, excuse me, something that the Vikings end up regretting, but he'll he'll be a nice fit for the Browns. He'll be a nice compliment to Miles Garrett if he can stay healthy. Right. There you go. Um, JB, what can the good folks check out from you over at SBNation.com this week? Yep. So you can check out my uh, interview I did with Asher Grodman about the uh, Jaguars release schedule. A schedule release video. Um, got some pretty cool stuff that I got planned. Um, gonna be doing a lot more college football stuff this year, so I'm gonna be watching football from pretty much like Wednesday to Monday. So it should be pretty fun. There you go. There you go, Evan. What about you? At Evan Swords, Swords, Swords. Evan Swords. Just doing his best. Just, just trying to make it through the day. All you should. Uh, <laughs> it's all about the layups, man. High percentage points. Uh, yeah, you can check me out um, on the Chase Thomas podcast on YouTube. You can see my uh, sweet background of uh, my 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 late son Titus and my mm-hmm. dope ass Avengers po- uh, metal posters. Or like not posters, they're like shout out. And then my. Uh, my my uh display of the 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 og by the way jp demon slayer was so raw two weeks in a row we are in just heaven I'm right so now oh man that's it. it check out demon slayer the Absolutely. best anime in the world right now demon slayer love it watching it Shut all up. the time go watch go watch some matlock <laughs> dog <laughs> Hold on, leave Matlock alone. Go He's go right watch here. Flowers Bloom or whatever you do over there. I in love Tennessee. Flowers Blooming. There's <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I know what I said. What's wrong with a good flower bloom? I, it takes too long. <laughs> What's wrong with a good yard? Some freshly cut turf. I I, I got up uh, this morning, I walked outside and uh, the dew, the morning dew on the grass. Just what a beautiful sight. Like I miss morning dew to wake up. Like you just want to <laughs> you just want to touch. That is the most washed thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Getting up and watching the morning dew. Like, okay, man. For, I, I mean, believe that was said. <laughs> Listen, man. All I know is that morning dew has nothing on sun breathing techniques and Himokami Kagura. All right. So just 
That's don't knock I'm it till saying. you try it. Just because y'all don't have morning dew in Los Angeles, Evan. Dog, I live in L.A., all right? Mm-hmm. I live in Santa Monica. I live by the beach. I will just go look at the sunset and the sunrise at the beach. I'll go touch some grass, get some morning dew, <laughs> sip my coffee. Some yoga, write in your journal. Mm-hmm. By the way, no knocking on writing on your journal. That's very good for your mental health. Yeah. You know what? This is good for your mental health. I did my, uh, uh, I also did a salt water pool today. So for my workout, so I'm doing my laps in the pool. There you <laughs> go. You're really just, just getting, like, just getting there. Just this almost washed <laughs> I've ever heard. Are we going to do some water, some ice baths soon? I don't know. Maybe. I don't hate that idea. Like, I don't hate because I think they're really good for you. I feel like there are it would be cool to get into some ice baths. But no, the salt water feels amazing. Like a salt water pool lap is so much more soothing than a chlorine infested pool lap. So when I'm going back and forth and doing doing the back, doing the backstroke, doing the butterfly and I'm just in the salt water, it just feels great. You get out of the pool, you know, that chlorine smell, you feel better. Like, it's just it's nice. And just, uh, you know, I got my goggles on and just got my ear plugs to make sure that my ear is... he starts the podcast talking about ten- tennessee rowing sports and ends the podcast talking about goggles and earplugs for his little salt salt uh swim meet salt life salt salt bay oh my god one might call him salt bay the people are saying the people are saying the people are saying tennessee not run 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 knoxville salt bay it's me. <laughs> hey, what do I always say? You be you, I'll be me. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> JP, Evan, thank you as always. And I will talk to y'all next week. All right, hello. Welcome back. Prince Power Hour on a what? What? Is this a Monday night? Is this late on a Monday? Is it way past my bedtime? Absolutely. 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 Oh. <laughs> Not for one person on our podcast who's going to be up for God knows how many hours after uh, taping this. But it's Preds Power Hour on a different day because things come up on the weekends because we're doing this on a weekend show. So usually it's going to be uh, a Saturday show here. But tonight it uh, we still had some stuff to talk about. So we wanted to fit that in uh, early part of this week. But because it's the Preds, the Preds Power Hour, you know that means Brian Baston of On The Ford Check is here. Brian, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's it's I'm getting back to just sit back and enjoy watching playoff hockey and not have to work. So, you know, can't complain too much. There you go. Part of the appeal of being a Preds fan right now is you don't have to worry about playoff hockey for a while, maybe. You just get to enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With no emotional vested interest, maybe for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Uh, also here, Jeff Middleton of Everywhere, where he is fresh off watching his team cheat their way. Uh, as the Toronto Blue Jays broadcast team pointed out, uh, the New York Yankees, who apparently just can't win clean. Now, my team can win clean in Arlington, where the Braves proceeded to bury and bury and bury the Texas Rangers this evening as they continue on their quest to be Major League Baseball's best team. But not everyone can win fairly. Not everyone can just not look at the dugout before hitting a big big home run not i don't do i that. don't watch any baseball but aren't the rangers like pretty bad no they're first in the AOS right now wow okay they're, they usually are most seasons you would be right brian to assume the yeah, rangers are normally, bad normally you'd be correct 
But the Rangers had to fall for the Dallas Stars to soar uh, tonight in Dallas. So, Jeff Middleton, good evening, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm good, other than the fact that I have to sit here and listen to you slander my favorite team, and I can't do anything about it. I, we can I can't. go back to Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt slander. Uh, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather you slander the Yankees, because I, uh, I, can, I can deal with that. Plus, he wasn't cheating, so it's okay. I, um, I know that. I know that for sure. There you go. Jeff's got the scoop here. Jeff has got the scoop. Well, you, it wouldn't be a Preds power hour, regardless of day, regardless of time, if we did not lead off with something with UC Saros. And who? where do we go here first? Brian, do you want to lead off um, what we kind of talked about last week with UC and the kind of season that he had and mm-hmm. what he meant to the Preds and uh, what he means to the Preds going forward? But there might be a, a bit of a snubbing, even though on this program we saw something like this coming. And this was something that you had talked about uh, for the last few weeks that you didn't see there being the narrative or the media push that would land a certain UC Saros on a very coveted goaltender list. What did uh, what happened here, Brian? Um, so there's a, a lot of things. I feel bad because I referenced all season, felt cocky talking about it. I said he was going to be a finalist no matter what. You know, I, I put money on it. So I guess they got me on that one. <laughs> but I mean, if you look at it, I mean, it's, I'm going to say like, I think most people would have been okay if he didn't win, if he was a finalist. I think people would have understood that. I mean, I think you look at what, you know, you, you look at the two other goaltenders, you know, and Olmark and Sorokin and just it is remarkable they've just done it in different ways I mean Sorokin I think is obviously I'd say put him at you know 1A with Saros at 1B um, but you know who got to play longer who got to play in the playoffs Connor Hellebuck and it's the GM vote so it's one of the few awards I believe that's voted on by GMs not the press or the players or something so never quite understood that um, I think the it was a pretty universal opinion by most people not even just Preds fans saying that you know, UC Saros should have been a finalist. And I, I mean, I can't think of anybody who would disagree with that, you know, especially not here, right? I mean, Jeff, I'd be, I mean, I'd be impressed if you got a, a point against it, but I don't, I haven't seen really any much argument. I mean, he was the best penalty killing goaltender in the entire NHL this season. Um, you know, he was, he had an all time, like, really like one of, like, bottom 10 for uh, team defense, you know, in front of him. And they still managed to get within scraping distance of the playoffs. So, you know, I don't know how much else you have to do if you see Saros. I mean, he had two shutouts, but I mean, with again, the team in front of him, what do you expect? But it's disappointing because he absolutely should have been a finalist and had a very good argument to win. But unfortunately, we don't get to argue that anymore because Hellebuck is in, Saros is out, and I guess Saros has to wait till next year. It's very unfortunate. It's it's It sucks because he's, you know... Anybody who watched a Predators game this year knows that he's the only reason that they looked competent half the time. And and it's kind of like Florida in the playoffs right now where their goalie is making up for a lot of their defensive lapses and it mm-hmm. might go unnoticed it it but you know it's there. And yeah, I, I think I think they really missed the mark. I mean, to be fair, like you said it's the GMs voting on this, and my cap, my bar for the GMs is much, much lower than it is for the media. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I only expect the general managers to look at wins and 
save percentage and goals against average and, Mm -hmm. you know, like the normal. I don't expect them to look at, like, expected goals. But see, here's the thing. I'll argue that, and it's not just been the Nashville broadcast, but you've been seeing and hearing it a lot more. And I think where people are much more receptive to it, and I can back this up with personal experience, is that they're much more willing to talk about expected goals when it comes to goaltending, you know, looking at like how many goals. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because that, you know, that gives them that number to say, hey, this is like, did they face a whole bunch or not? Um, And I think, you know, we're at this point now with with GMs that, you know, most teams have at least an analytics person on their team, if not a department. So you'd think there would be like, hey, you know, look at UC Saros, look what he's done, you know, evolving wild first and even strength uh, or second and even strength goaltending first in uh, first in penalty killing uh, goaltending and Hellebuck was fourth and fifth in those respectively. So again, Hellebuck had a one hell of a season, no pun intended, but it just, it didn't measure up to what UC Saros did in my opinion. And I don't think a lot of other people's opinions too. I wouldn't have had Linus Allmark in there, but that's me. Really? So what that's, been that's, your... my, that's my hot take. What would you have done, Jeff? One through three. How would you have done it? Uh, I would have had Sorokin first, Saros second, and I, I probably would have had Hellebuck in there. Okay. Because I think I think all of those guys, you know, their teams were not great. Sorokin mm-hmm. and 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 Hellebuck pushed their two teams to the playoffs, and that's mm-hmm. the only reason they made it. And the the Preds almost almost got there, like. If if it wasn't Hellebuck in the playoffs, it was Saros. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, as much as I think, and I will, you know, I will defend this until you know I'm dead and gone. Like my first of all, Linus Olmark did not play as many games as any of those three guys did, and I think mm-hmm. that's I think there's something to say about that. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, you know, just looking at the the workload he had. It, he doesn't touch any of those three guys. Like, it, it's not close. Especially right. Saros. Saros, like you said, Brian, Saros's workload was just... It, I can't... It, it's hard to kind of put into words how, how much he had to deal with this season. You want to guess how many games he played and how many games Hellebuck played? I feel like Saros... I mean, Saros played over 60, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did Hellebuck play much less? I don't know. I need I can't guess. Remember. I need guess, buddy. I wanna. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, all right. So we got over sixty for Saros. I think Saros did he play like sixty four, sixty two, and then this is this is so off the cuff. I I, sh- I should be better, but uh, let's go Hellebuck with fifty four. Nope. Both have sixty four and tied for the lead. Really? In the in the NHL? Yeah. Wow. And uh, Hellebuck has one. All sixty-four of those are starts. Uh, Saros came in for you know in relief once. So I should have known because I don't. I can't even tell you who Winnipeg's backup goalie is. Good so, point. I don't think I could either. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's on me. That's that's an indictment on what I know. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's just. But I mean, you look at like number of saves, like he has, I think, a hundred more than John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck, you know, it's absolutely uh, almost 120 uh, saves more than the next highest guy. So, I mean, unless, you know, you open the NHL stats page and it's open to sort on uh, goals against average and you're like, okay, maybe that's part of the reason why we have this issue. But yeah, he still a had a stat. 919 save percentage. 
Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like his goals his goal saved above expected was like way like way way different than his you know regular numbers. His goals against average wasn't great, but that's also something he can't really control, mm-hmm. and something I kind of you know I think it's goals against average and then wins at the bottom of the at the bottom of the importance of goaltender stats. But like save percentage, he had a nine nineteen save percentage in sixty four games. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. Well. That's, but- Let's see, Hellebuck, um, let's see, Soros had 33 wins, Hellebuck had 37 wins, had a 920 in those same 64 games. Um, yeah. And then Olmark and Georgiev led uh, with 40 wins apiece. Hellebuck had 37, Soros 33, Sorokin 31. Man, so, Soros had 33 wins? <laughs> yeah, 33. That's crazy. Uh, 33, 23, <laughs> That's yeah, he had I, like I, uh, they UC Soros had more uh, overtime losses than Olmark had like r- just losses period. So that's that's this, part of it. You have to you, you, there is a point where you have to say yes. Like ha- being the backstopping a team that was that good. Yes, like you can't say that you know. Well, it's not fair because he, they had a great team. You know, they weren't they wouldn't have been as great if he wasn't good too. You know, you got to meet somewhere in the middle, but. I mean, I think that when you watch if anybody who's watched a Predators game in the last few in the last month or so of the season, people they almost every other fan base is like, "Wow, <laughs> Soros is really good." That sucks for him. So I'd feel differently if if Jeremy Swayman didn't also have an insane record. Yeah. Like both of the Boston goaltenders have great records, and so it doesn't really like like obviously I'm not trying to. I feel bad because. Somebody's gonna listen to this and be like, "Ah, he thinks Allmark sucked this year." I'm like, "No, that's not. He just wasn't as good as maybe his 9.38 save percentage suggested that he was, which mm-hmm. is fine. Like, I, he still had a great year. He was third in evolving hockey's gold saved above expected, but you also have to consider the workload he faced, which was, I think, when I checked natural statric, it was like he faced like the the he was 21st in high danger shots against or whatever. And Saros was like second, and Hellebuck was fifth, and Sorokin was first. Like, it they, he just wasn't in the same realm of of yeah. like the Boston Boston was so good this year, and part of that was because Linus Allmark made saves when he needed to, right. but he also wasn't forced to make a ton of crazy saves. So I don't know. I I wouldn't have had him in there. I, I, I think I, he should. I, if I was making a ballot right now, he would have been on there, but he wouldn't have been in my top three. Hmm. That's what, that would have been a bold one. I mean, it's one of those where it's like you've got three guys and you've got borderline cases, but you're like, Olmark's the one that everybody's going to point to, so let's just put him in there. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, the, that's the Leon Dreisaitl is, uh, is he scored this many points, so I'm going to put him in there so I don't get crucified. Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty like, much. Yeah. yeah, so it sucks. It sucks really bad. Uh, you've called it all season, Chase, talking about John Gibson. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, man, John Gibson. Does he, like, when can he leave? When can he leave Anaheim? When can he go and just be happy somewhere If he hasn't else? left by now, then he's just like he wants it. That's I a good guess. question. I actually want to know the answer to that question. I'm looking right now. Okay. <laughs> Anybody guesses while I'm looking? He's uh, 29. Well, that's um, it. Hmm. I was about to, he's, he's 29. He's, he's getting paid 6.4 million dollars until good Lord, 2027. Until 2027 with uh, uh, no trade he, clause. He signed up for his fate. He knew what he accepted. Yeah. 
It's like the mic. No one's going to want a 34 year old John Gibson or whatever. I don't know. I would. <laughs> I Maybe mean, if the Preds are there. <laughs> yeah. You see Saros is going. Well, they'll have Askarov by then. They can have him as a backup. <laughs> Service of no, the backup. Could he Ask be the? I mean, maybe he follows in the Brad Miller thing, or Brad Miller. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Ryan uh, Miller. Yes, because he uh, backed up Gibson right for yeah. a couple years ago for a while, and it was just one of those things where it's just the best. All, like that's all the Ducks did is they did a really good job of be, uh, doubling up on a position where they can't play them at the same time. Uh, Miller yeah. and Gibson. That was uh, stuff. Brad Miller was a legendary Kings center before your time. Jeff Middleton was a starter. With the last time the Kings were a playoff team, Brad Miller number fifty-two. Uh, when you're thirty-two, you have so many years of built up useless sports knowledge that you're oh, just yeah. like I already have built up useless sports knowledge now but you're going to keep accumulating amount. and it's just going to keep storing and storing <laughs> and storing and you're just like what do I do with this what why is this just why do I know what uh Bonzi Wells was averaging in 2003 Bonzi Wells. like what just, a name right like it's just it's just there wow, Bonzi forever Wells. Yeah, it's just there. Uh, it's just there. Um, speaking of things just being there, um, the, NFL, the NHL draft lottery was just there. And it was a wild um, experience. It was, uh, I wouldn't say controversial is the right word, <laughs> because it wasn't, eh, it wasn't controversial. It was... <laughs> what is the best term for this? How do? What is the best adjective to describe it? It was um, uh, uncomfortable. Maybe. I would, is yeah, I would say that. It just for those of you who don't know. So part of the issue when they got to the last three picks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, Kevin Weeks. Uh, I guess had his part. Was it filmed or was it live? Well, he. I guess it was. It was live. Yeah. So. Somebody with production screwed up. Yeah, he spoiled the pick, basically, ahead of of when they said it was going to happen, which it had all happened previously. And then, of course, with with Chicago getting the first overall pick. Yeah, for those who don't know, the draft lottery happens before they air it on TV. Mm, Yes. But But it made it look like, especially because Chicago ended up winning... Yeah. Let's get out ahead of that one thing because I will say, as much as as fun as that that theory is, and as much as I love to blame the NHL because Lord knows they deserve it, um, I don't think there's a reasonable argument to say that the lottery was rigged because I think something like that being rigged would take a level of um, cooperation and tact and skill that I don't think the league has to pull off anyway. So I don't. My think- thing is. Yeah, I, I don't. I agree. I don't think. I don't think the the lottery's right. It's dumb just them to do it. Yeah, the, yeah. They they already screw up on enough fronts to where I I don't know if they could pull off something like that. But I I think there is something to be said about Chicago winning the first overall pick. I think it's I think it's undeserving. I think they don't. I man, I got I got things to say on this topic. It's, yeah. It's, I'm sh- I mean, a lot of people have a lot of things to say on this topic, and and it all boils down to the optics of letting the Chicago Blackhawks, the Blackhawks, have their first overall pick or have their first round pick this year is absurd. And well, it's he- here's disgusting. the devil's av- here's the devil's advocate part, and I don't want to say this, but just something to think about is, I think that if there was time to be, you know, to start, you know, yelling about the NHL letting them have a pick. 
it was before this because everybody knew they were probably going to finish top five, top six, or the top four. And like no one had really said, you know, the outrage didn't happen until after they got that first pick, you know. And so I think that the argument, like, yeah, absolutely, they should absolutely not have had a pick in this draft and not for a while. I mean, what was it, New Jersey? They lost the first round pick for, for what was it, extra practices or something? No. So New Jersey lost the first round pick for signing Ilya Kovalchuk. Oh, that's right. At a, at a, and then Arizona lost their first round pick and their second and another pick for testing prospects oh. during a time that wasn't. Yeah, they lost the yeah. 11th overall pick. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, you know, I agree. I think that the outrage should have been happening way before this. I think there was outrage. Mm -hmm. No, but I think, I think the outrage was there and then it kind of dissipated because the Blackhawks didn't have a first round pick last year. They had, they traded to, they, they didn't have their own first round pick last year. They traded it in the Seth Jones trade. Yeah. So they couldn't have lost that one, but this year they have their first round pick and now it's giving them a generational talent who has single handedly made up the entirety of their two million dollar fine in season ticket sales. Yeah, and I mean, they made profit off of off of that. But it shouldn't surprise anybody that the NHL, whether it's allowed it to happen or didn't act sooner, because they are trying to get that entire case, the Kyle Beach case, swept under the rug as fast as possible. And oh yeah, you know, they're looking at you know they're looking at things like what's happening to the Commanders, which <laughs> you hate to see it, um, and. Uh, you know th- things like that like those types of situations and you know they probably just it's you know it's chicago and so yeah obviously this is going to be good for the league to have a team you know have a, a superstar in chicago a team that has a big huge fan base um and you feel bad for the fans though because like what are they supposed to do in this like chicago if you're a black I feel bad fan, for some of them yeah some like, of you're them. in a rough I, spot here like what i don't whew it's yeah, one of those. sometimes sometimes your favorite team or college team goes through just an unprecedented 15 years of just the shittiest bad luck that you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not going to feel bad for uh, In Vandy's case, it's like 22 years like all or 21 years. How long have you been alive, Jeff? My God. 19 years. 19 years of 19 just years. awful. Sometimes it's just the whole time. Yeah. Sometimes it's just I, always. I had to do it to him. <laughs> I, I think, you know who I really, like, respect out of all of this was um, Kyle Davidson, because hmm. the, the Blackhawks general manager. Because he went on as Chicago radio, sports radio um, thing. I saw one of my friends on Twitter reposted it and tweeted about it. Um, and, you know, they, they kind of hinted at the Blackhawks organization trying to shove this all under the rug. And, um, you know, they were like, you know, with you guys trying to move past this Kyle Beach issue and what, what you know, yada, yada, yada. And Davidson was like, no, we're not, we're not trying to move past it. You can't. Good move. You can't move past it. You know, he said, he said that has been a part of our everyday work as at the – as this organization you know it's a part of how we you know we talk to players we talk to coaches like how we communicate to each other how we educate people um so you know i think i think there are a lot of fans out there and i've seen them on the interwebs and the fact that they have a place to say what they want to say now is awful but nonetheless they're like who cares you know should have just manned up you know he should he should have shouldn't have let it happen and it's disgusting, and that's awful, and you know that they don't deserve the success that is happening 
to the Blackhawks right now with getting the number one overall pick. And but there are other other fans that I know personally that you know deserve it. That that they've they have condemned in in every hockey interaction that has brought the Blackhawks into it. They have condemned what happened. They have they have said that the punishment was not enough, and they have you know said that the Blackhawks need to do more to to make it right. Um, and so those fans, I think, deserve it. I think there's a sect of Blackhawks fans that might be the loud minority that don't care. But I think you know you're right. They they can't control what their favorite team does, but they can control the way they respond to it, which I think is the more important part of this. But yeah, I think you know the NHL and its consistently bad optics really really uh bit the bullet on this one it's it's a tough it's a tough look i i can't you know i've been i've been sitting on this for for a while i i just i can't stand that you know mm-hmm. it's it's frustrating because there are you know i know that gary bettman and and you know they go through a very strict process to do the draft lottery and so i think you know it's when a big market team beats out Anaheim and Columbus, it's going to be a whole bunch of the draft lotteries rigged. But the fact is, it's not. And honestly, they could do a way better job of proving that it's not by doing it live on air. And there have been discussions about this throughout the NHL world where it's like, why don't you just, you know, do the lottery ball thing on, on the TV, like right there, right in front of you, so you can see that it's it's happening live, like it's not rigged. And, you know, that's... Shout out to the NHL for not doing what they should do, but this is a shocker. It's a day that ends in Y. The NHL is not doing is not is not doing itself a service and making itself more accessible to the fans. But you know, they, it's a it's a bad look. And then when Kevin Weeks screws up, not to any fault of his own, it's it's even worse look. And it's just it was a mess. It was a mess. I can't. I, it, the NHL keeps shooting itself in the foot, and it's it's incredible. It really is. <laughs> a tradition unlike any other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Preds not only had one, they had two first-round picks here, and they end up at 15th here and 24, could have had fifth. Brian, when you look at what ultimately happened here... Um, what do you what where are you at with not getting fifth ended up at 15th having the 24 do you think they ended up keeping both do you think it makes sense to keep both what uh what do you do uh yeah. if you're nashville right here so i'm gonna gonna start by saying that i have not gotten into draft mode yet and it's not a thing i covered during the season but i think if you're looking at this and they're coming into this draft with 13 picks which is just insane for the nhl and so yeah, I mean, I could see them. I could see they're using those picks and going into the mindset of we have extra ones, so we can reach on a few guys that we think you know might not you know wouldn't normally be in this spot, and, and we can get them. But I've always been a huge fan of using you know packaging picks, do a first and a second to go up some. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know that there is a team that's going to drop out of like let's say the top five. Mm they're not going to do it. Um, it just doesn't happen with hockey. And there'd have to be a huge, have to be a massive trade. And I don't see that happening. I think that one of the good things, if there is a good thing about 
Chicago having the first overall pick is that we could finally put to rest the, you know, the talk of, oh, well, they should trade for the first pick. They should trade Saros for Connor Bedard, which, you know, that's not going to happen now. So that, that makes that a little bit easier. But, um, you know, it, it's they're in a good spot. They've got a lot of, you know, they've got a lot of draft capital. They've got a lot of holes to fill. They're in transition. They've got a new GM who can come in there and set the stage for three to four years from now. Um, you know, they've got to replace some guys. Like, they're going to need a defenseman at some point. They're going to need um, some guys that are, you know, some scoring type of guys. They're going to need just those, you know, forever AHL, fourth line. You know, they're all out there. You know, I think, unfortunately, I think, you know, I could, some of these prospects you're seeing, you know, Tomasino, Evangelista, Sherwood, these look like legitimate top six guys, at least in Nashville. Um, you know, Igor Afanasyev, unfortunately. You know, he seems like a guy who's going to be stapled to the fourth line if he, you know, is in in Nashville. Um but you've got a lot. You've got a lot of things to do. You got a lot of young talent. Uh, you've got your your core with Forsberg and Yossi, you know, and Duchesne, I guess, locked up for long term. At you know, right now their deals are probably going to be pretty uh, cheap. You know, looking into it, what by the time those uh, like three or four years when those expire, that going rate's going to be a lot higher for the guys like that. So it's you know they've got a lot of options. They've got cap space. Um, I'm really curious. I mean, I think. I don't see that them. I see them trading out. I think I can see them maybe trading down in the first or something to pick up a second, but I think they're going to try and stand pat and then let teams come to them and say, "Okay, what do you want then?" Because we've got a ton of stuff and they can get something back. You know, they're going to have to get some free agents. They're going to have to get some guys to. You know, probably I wouldn't be surprised if they trade. I'm going to put the over under at six and a half, and it'll be hmm. that's including AHL trades, like you know those kinds of you know uh, for. What's the term they call it when they don't even, when they just say for future considerations? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those that are just like, they'll get us back at some point, but we're not keeping track. So uh, I bet you we'll see a bunch of those because, you know, Milwaukee's going to need some stuff, but I think you're going to see probably, I'm going to say two players, like you would be, you know, starting middle six players next season will probably become as trades during the, during the draft. Jeff, who do you have your eye on at fifteen? Who do you th- who do you hope falls, or who do you hope is there that makes the most sense for for Nashville? Um, well, there's a few guys. I mean, it kind of and it kind of depends on on who you know who you look like, whose articles you read and stuff like that. Um, I haven't you know gone into the film as much as I probably would have liked to at this point, but there's still plenty of time. Um, so I think, you know, the, the defense core as of now, Brian mentioned that we're going to, they're going to need a, uh, a defenseman in a, in a few years. Um, and the defensive prospect pool is not looking all that strong right now, um, for the Preds. And, yeah, uh, I would, say, I would, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, I would love to see um, a guy named Axel Sandin Pelica drop. He is love Axel. Yeah. Like if your first name's Axel and you play defense in hockey, that's yeah. all I need to know. Axel. Yeah. He is. He's a very very skilled defenseman. Um, plays in the SHL. Um, Swedish guy. Very very mm-hmm. fun to watch. Um, and uh, I'd like to see him drop. Um, I know um, Stephen Ellis of Daily Faceoff had uh, the Preds picking Riley Height. Mm-hmm. Um, that would that be one. an interesting one. And uh, the bitter one, 
was Andrew Kristall at 16 in that in that article in particular. Wow. I think if Andrew Kristall fell to 16, um, or at least if he fell to 15, I think the Preds should take him. I think, I think they should take him, um, yeah. without question. Um, he's he's one of my favorite prospects in this in this draft. Um, super skilled player, very fun to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean those three guys, uh, those three guys are are people I'd watch out for. There are some other ones that might fall. All of them um, more. Yeah, um, but he, he's he's a U.S. right U.S. Uh, development yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, hey, you know David Poyle loves those U.S. guys. It's not so. his job anymore. Yeah. Well, it will be guys. at that point. Well, that's true. Is he <laughs> drafting officially? Mm. Uh, I'm no, sure his last day is. I think his last day is either right before or right after. I think. Let's see. He can't be the one drafting when you already know. Like, you have to let. Uh, that would be so weird. Okay, Why would you la- let him do that? He His last day. Oh, yeah, July 1st. Hmm. Yeah, he'd, he'd he'd be. I mean, he'd be. In, I'm sure David it's gonna be. would be. He's probably yeah. there just because I didn't realize. I'm sorry to take us off track. I didn't realize this is the first time in a long time that uh, uh, one city has hosted both the NHL awards and the draft. Hmm. And I also didn't realize, didn't even think about the fact that the awards were also in Nashville. So yeah. Well, you're going to have a Super Bowl in Nashville soon. You have a new stadium coming in. You're just people everywhere. Brian never getting to work. Traffic all the time. (laughs) Swifties everywhere you look. Nashville. Everyone's Nashville really wants to become Atlanta. And with all the traffic. Uh, I disagree because there's a completely different vibe. I think that Nashville is going for. And I see I Mm. I, I know what it is like. They're kind of like they're trying to appeal more to the crowd that goes to um, Charleston and mm. you know like that type of i don't know because it's salty it's not, dog cafe yes yes that's exactly exactly what i'm talking about so i mean i, don't, I wouldn't say it's like a, atlanta because atlanta is you know more diverse it's got yeah. more you know but i'm gonna i'm gonna to be honest like i've been i work downtown now i've spent a lot of time down there because of, because of covering games there's a lot of fun to be had down there as long as you're just not in the big tourist trap so i know i talk crap about it a lot but you know well i also just mean like the people were like atlanta forever i've just been like we're full like atlanta is just like why are you moving here get it get out like you see any like what? people moving in it's like we're we're full traffic is already bad enough where i just see i always think about the i think you should leave where it's mm-hmm. like are you sure about that yeah, are you sure exactly. about that that's what i think with nashville it's like you want to keep adding people you want more Super Bowls. are you sure you want more traffic are you sure about that you want an mlb team are you sure about that <laughs> so before we get done if we're done on this subject chase mm-hmm. uh i wanted to get some rapid fire questions for y'all i didn't okay. put it on the outline so i wanted to ke- see but i wanted to get jeff's opinion get your opinion on these right. so just real quick answers um austin matthews wants a new contract past uh, uh past 23 24 season he's making 11.6 million right now so he's going to want at least what a three or four year deal if you're the leafs do you give him that i i he's going to arizona arizona <laughs> Yeah, he's from Arizona. He's from Arizona. But like, why? Bring him back. That's 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 the that's the Look, meme. If you want to win a Stanley Cup, you need your team needs to be based in the American South. I don't know what else. That's right. To do. That's right. SCC. <laughs> it just means more down here. It just means more. Yeah. It just means more. All right. So, um, what was uh, the next one? Was so okay. when is he up? When can that happen? Uh, I think next season is his last mm-hmm. year. Okay. Five years. So, um. 
I guess in New Jersey, it's unsure about Lindy Ruff if he's going to return as head coach. If you're the Devils, do you bring him back? I think they said that he was going to come back. But yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd bring him back anyway. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that they lost because he was a bad coach. Okay, I think they like, lost. You can't move on from both guys in that game in that series, right? Like that'd be so weird for New York and New Jersey both to move on. I think I think they lost because Vitek Vanacek was awful. Yeah, mm. he was the worst goalie in the playoffs. It was really bad. Yeah, Jack Hughes lost a tooth. He did. <laughs> Poor kid. So. That actually, I'm glad you brought up the next question. So I talked a whole bunch thinking this this guy wasn't going to be available. Drug Lant is available now. Is it? Do you Absolutely take him? Not. Okay. Nope. Nope. All right. Nope. Wow. That's that's a having having written articles about the Flames coaching vacancy. I can tell you right now that if the if if the Preds fired John Hines tonight, I would be against Gerard Gallant. As well, I am against it, is, it for right? the Flames. Oh, well, would you rather have him, though, Gerard, or would Chase, you rather don't, Peter Lovejoy? <laughs> I don't know. Two stubborn retread coaches seems like. <laughs> I just that seems like a loss loss situation. Who do you think the Flames hire? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I think they. I think they are leaning. Um, I mean, I, it depends on who the general manager is. I, we don't mm-hmm. know who the general manager is either. Um, I'd like, I wrote an article about, um, I'd like to see them hire Andrew Burnett. Hmm. That'd be a good one. You beat me before I could plug you. Well, yeah. this, we should ask, <laughs> we should ask Jeff this, Brian, cause we talked about this last week, Carl Taylor. Does that make sense? Do you think he's earned, like if John Hines yeah. was to just go off, would you be okay with that? Would that be a fine promotion? I'd be okay with that. At this point, why not? Like, I think, I think he's earned, I think, well, first I think he needs to. I think he needs to show the Admirals making a deep playoff run. I think he needs to. I think he needs to push them deep into the playoffs. Like I think, I think that's a fair ask of him yeah. as an organization to see him. You know, because it's one thing to be great during the regular season in the AHL, and it's another to to you know push push a team far into the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a fair expectation. But I th- I also think he'd be. I mean, there's no time like the present. They have enough young guys that know him already. So, um. And you're not playing for anything. That's what Brian and I were talking about last week, where it's like, I think fans know that the, the rebuild or retooling is on, and you're going to be playing a lot of young guys, and like you said, he knows a lot of these guys. Like, you're not... You don't need a win-now retread. Yeah. Right, and coach. I think the other point is, too, is like, he's going to be a hot commodity by somebody. Some teams mm-hmm. are going to want him. Exactly. They're not in the middle of a, this is a playoff, you know, just past the playoff line team, and mm-hmm. we could get maybe one more push, and, but we don't want to risk it on this guy. It's, well, let's keep him from going somewhere else before, so we can find out if he's good. before. Has he been yeah. linked anywhere yet? No, I, but I know he came from the Dallas Stars organization. Mm. Um, Honestly, think- I'd like to see him, if Hines stays next year... I'd like to see him in an assistant coach role. I'd be see, I don't think they would that. do that though, because I don't think be, they would either. But I'd be yeah. interested to see to see what role they would give him if they were to do that. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Would it be easier if he's bad to move Carl up mid-season, or would that be weird? Could you do that? Yeah, it would throw so, so much into disarray. Unless right? it was unless yeah. it was a like they found out Nashville found out that like or Carl Taylor said, hey this team offered me a job. Mm. Do you want me to do like, here's I your choices. That. Like you, you yeah. do it now. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but that's hmm. that's not NHL. Like yeah. that's an, yeah. that's NFL type drama, which is great, <laughs> but that's that's not what they do. So, all right, uh, last co- two questions for you guys, and you both have to answer these. Okay. Eastern Conference Finals: Carolina or Florida? You go Carolina. first, Jeff. Carolina. I think Carolina too. I had Carolina in the stu- in the Cup final. So. It just it's going to end at some point for Florida. Like it's a good run, but I just I think Carolina's better and at some point Carolina. We said better. that for the Preds in 2017 though, so that's true. I'm all aboard Florida doing it. I think it'd I think be fun to have it. Florida in there. I think they're going to do it. I think it it's just bad because... for the sport and I think it's an absolute failure. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got me. Almost got me, Chase. Man, you sound like Andrew Raycroft. Jeez. Uh... I'm okay, gonna give, so I need Ray to give crossed. Brian's reaction there in real time. Was, I'm gonna turn yeah, because like the gift. sad thing was like that first split second was me being like, he's not saying this, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so I guess you know we have the Western Conference Finals now. Final, we've got Dallas and Vegas. Um, I, ironically, two cities that I was just in, you know, flew through Dallas, but was in was in Vegas last week, which I walked down <laughs> to the arena and you know the v- Vegas Golden Knights eliminated Edmonton, so. Not saying that it was because of me, but you're not probably also was. saying it's not. Yeah. So, guys, stars or golden knights? Um, that's, a, that's a tough matchup. Um, pro- I'm gonna go Vegas. I was gonna go Vegas too. Yeah. I want to say B- Vegas, but I think Dallas just has that. They're, I don't know what, how they play, but it is, they play a game, like the way they play hockey, especially in these playoffs, it's just, it's, it's a lot. And I think it's overwhelming to teams. And I think that's the type of stuff that now that they're getting late, deep in a series like this, you know, now they're in the third round, they're in the conference finals, they hit game three, game four, Dallas plays really well, you know, when, when teams are tired and, you know, I, I don't know, I think as much as I'd like to see it, you know, feelings about the team or fans or social media people aside you know i i love watching the vegas golden knights they're so much fun to watch um so i wouldn't hate you know hate it if they made it i'd actually probably prefer just because it's dallas but um dallas is the best point percentage right now of the remaining teams what's that best point percentage of the remaining teams vegas no is that right i think no it's carolina really yeah they forget they did really well in the in the east it's just that Everything got overshadowed. Over so they have, they have a hundred and nine. I think that's right. Okay. I don't even know why I know that either. <laughs> that's a weird thing for me to know. I think it's um, Carol. I think Carolina wins the cup. Like I, I think that's just where I've landed. I on. think I think they do too. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, Carolina Dallas, was 100, 113. Wow, they got more than I thought. Oof. I knew they. I mean, I knew they won the Metro, but what's the best matchup? do you think for the NHL what should they be hoping for not in terms of market but in just terms of what would be the best series possible Carolina Vegas. Vegas yeah Vegas okay. Carolina absolutely that, that, I that think would... I, yeah I think I think if you're Dallas just going back to this for a second I think you need Jake Ottinger and and uh, Jason Robertson to uh be better than you know the Vegas stars because as of now they have not been and Aiden Hill looks like just he's playing playing at lights out since he got the mm-hmm. since he was put in the net when Laurent Brossois went down. So yeah, but as in terms of um, yeah Stanley Cup final matchup, you got two of the loudest buildings in the entire NHL going head to head. I would be interested to see the travel effect on in that one. Hmm. 
Oh, like, yeah. you travel, I mean, you're changing time zones, you're traveling across the country pretty much. Yeah, it's be two hours. To see. It's, it's yeah. weird to think that, you know, Dallas and Nashville are both in the same time zone compared to, like, Vegas, but yeah, I guess so. Oh, I guess, yeah. I'd never put that together, but that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, it sucks. That's why That's why winters are so bad here in Nashville, because, you know, what the uh, time zone lines, what about... 10 miles west like towards clinton or something mm-hmm. around 40 out of knoxville yeah. and then it's boom so that that's why it gets dark so so early during the winter mm-hmm. here and it blows hmm. but uh, a couple more questions then um mm-hmm. out of all the team or i guess no actually not out of the teams left who's your uh con smith winner your the playoff most valuable player jeff you first my fun answer would be jordan martinuk <laughs> That's not a bad answer, actually. Yeah. I don't disagree with it. It's a, there's an argument for that. But yeah. what's the real answer? Um, hmm. Come on. You know who it is. Do I know who it is? Mm-hmm. Sergei Bobrovsky? No. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to say. Or, but... Him or Matthew Kachuk. I think, I think those two guys have arguments. So are you, but Jordan uh, Martinuk also has, has an argument, which is crazy to me. So are you not going to mention, uh, not going to bring up uh, Leon Dreisaitl? Nah. I mean, what? He had, 13, I mean, he, he 13 was, goals in 12 games and 18 points. Like, that's pretty freaking impressive. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, no, I, I just, he disappeared. Like, those last couple of games, he was, oh, he, he, didn't sco- did. he didn't score at all. But like, I don't, but see, that's the thing, though. Is like, I guess maybe I've been watching Nashville for too long, but it's just like, these guys are good 90% of their games, and they yeah. like, will oh, score yeah. three or four goals. Like, if they have two bad games, that shouldn't be entirely on them. No, but, I like, agree. I think that's You know, fair. I've always, because again, like, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, but at the same time, it's hilarious, so. It's, it's also really funny, funny, too, like, if you look at ESPN's, <clears throat> when they did their pre, the ranking the top 50 players and then the Stanley Cup playoffs, like, of the remaining four teams, the earliest name you'll see is at 20. <laughs> like, it? no, actually not even, uh, 21, excuse me, Jason Robertson. Yeah, Jason Robertson. Okay. 21. Oh That's how long it took to get to the most important player uh, remaining. In Jack the Eichel wasn't up there? Nope. Wow. That shocks me. Yeah, no one left. A bunch of Bruins, you got... Uh, McAvoy, Valeski, Kucherov, Fox. I will say this: I Matthews. think another white thing to support your argument with Carolina is you look at uh, I can't say it now. I practiced it before. Pulls you Jarvi. Pull you Jarvi. Pull you Jarvi. Yeah. There you the go. The difference, if you're looking at his like five on five play, he's got a 66 percent expected goal percentage and a 29 percent goals for or go or um or 20 yeah 29 percent goals for percentage. So like. They're, he's he's been playing really well and nothing's been getting in so they're probably due to bust out because they're the quality they're getting is excellent they're just not getting everything and with thinking that Carolina hasn't been at full strength is kind of terrifying Jack Eichel was at 35 in that ranking that's crazy to Ooh. me that feels low but um, Brian two minutes as we wrap up here tonight yes, Milwaukee sir. what happened in the playoffs for Milwaukee <laughs> it's our Milwaukee two minute 
two-minute drill here. <laughs> yeah, so in two minutes, uh, they opened game one and game two in Milwaukee. So again, this is the one where the team with home, field, home ice advantage gets to pick if they want the games first or last. So obviously Texas took last. So the first two games in Milwaukee, uh, game one was great. It was a really cl- close one, um, really tight. Uh, but the story of the game for that one was, of course, guys like Luke, Luke Evangelista, Kiefer Sherwood, as well as Jordan Gross, who's having an incredible, incredible uh, postseason for the uh, Milwaukee Admirals. Um, but and they won that one two to one, um, af- and they went again. They went perfect on the penalty kill. Got a, a goal on the power play. Um, you know, Kim Kamel had the game winner, so it was a great, great thing. And then game two came, and it was just a lot of. It almost looked like Predators hockey. Uh, I think they outshot them thirty-seven to twenty-one. Um, but I think we, you know, there were so many shots behind, you know, from behind the circles, from up on the blue line. It was something that Milwaukee never really got into that rhythm. Um, and you know, if Askarov didn't play perfect, that's fine. But you know, there's those guys like Sherwood and Evangelista, you know, not didn't quite get there, and it was too little, too late. So they're in a rough spot. They have to go now to the for the last three games in Texas, a team that they basically split the regular season with. Um, they have to win two out of three, you know, on their ice to be able to go on to the conference finals, and it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. So they've got to figure something out. I think one of the first thing you do is, if you have in my opinion, is you bench Anthony Angelo because the man leads all AHL players with 28 penalty minutes in uh, seven games. <laughs> So yeah, that's two. Then you know that's 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 four of four a game, four minutes a game. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you know that's something that you know. Yes, they've been really good at killing the penalties, but they shouldn't have to be so good for so long. So they go back into Texas. I like the chances. I think that they're going to have again. Special teams is a difference. I think is going to be the difference in this series. And so if Milwaukee can you know maybe go on only two penalty kills rather than four of them, and they continue getting a goal or two, you know every game i think they're going to come out on top but texas is a hard team so you know make sure you watch it ahl tv they've got a whole deal uh you can get just one team for the playoffs it makes it really easy it's 100 percent easier to use than the nhl app or figuring out espn it's literally right there you can choose whether you listen to the home or way i so go do that i don't get this isn't promoted but it's just so much better that i want to talk talk shit about the uh nhl's app so there you go jeff what can uh, good uh, wow? Mm-hmm. We're just recording this super late, Jeff. What can the good <laughs> folks check out from you across Pinstripe Alley, Flames Nation, and uh, everywhere else this week? Um, I got some stuff at uh, Pinstripe Alley coming out. Just uh, my usual analysis stuff and uh, an article about um, what's been going around the what's been going on around the AL East. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. And then uh, I got a couple articles coming out on Oliver Shillington for the Flames, defenseman, 25 years old. Very good. Um, mm-hmm. He's returning after a year off, so I'm going to be exploring where he fits in and talking about how good it is to see him back. Um, and then also talking about retread coaches and um, how the Flames can change the direction of their franchise with these offseason decisions. So that's, that's about it. There you go. Brian on thefourcheck.com. Folks, go subscribe. Uh, if you have not already, hit that bookmark button on thefourcheck.com. They'll have you covered uh, for all Nashville Predators hockey uh, each and every day, dump and chase, and all kinds of other good content uh, for Milwaukee. But Absolutely. what else uh, can you. the good folks look out from you and the team over there this week? Well, uh, you know, 
as as you can see, I'm fully in Milwaukee Admirals mode. So you are. Um, you see me over with uh, Renegades of Puck with Charlie um, every night, just like NHL games. Every night after these AHL games go go final, we get recording and get you guys a recap. I do my one big stat um, again. Check it out if you if you haven't had a chance. Jordan Gross has had a really really phenomenal postseason, and I think he's a guy that I'm actually think that he could surprise a lot of people with if you get a little bit more NHL time. So uh, that was just one of the stats. You know, it's been a really fun, entertaining series. These are guys that you all know now. It's not like you're going to the AHL and you're like, who are 75% of these? No, Preds fans, you're intimately, intimately, you know, you know who most of these guys are. So, you know, make sure you're getting in there and uh, checking that out and check out the Renegades of Puck because what we do, we, you know, we're doing this all. It's a it's a home homebrew operation and uh, we love ha- doing everything we got to do like we had at the uh, event this, uh, what, last month was it? So, uh, it was, yeah. yeah. Make yeah. sure you support us on the four check as we push. You know, we're going, we're independent now. We're going to be kind of getting a big lead up with uh, season recaps and then leading up to the draft next month being in town. So keep your ears out for that. There you go. Brian, Jeff, thank you as always. And uh, fun recording this late on a Monday <laughs> night. Weird, mm-hmm. but uh, there you go. I like it. And I will talk to y'all on Saturday. See ya. See ya. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.